0: Tyler Morgan Show on Relentless Daring Media Network. Welcome back to the land of bourbon and bad decisions. This is the Tyler Morgan Show live on twitch.tv slash Tyler Morgan Show or maybe you're checking it out on YouTube or Rumble or you're listening on your favorite podcast app. Ladies and gentlemen, this is a week of crazy. Of course, the crazy I'm getting into has to deal with ATF, the second amendment, why you can't criticize Donald Trump and what we should do with all the cartoon dog people on Twitter and where exactly they should go. But first, let me talk to you about beard oil. I'm going to keep doing this for a while because this is a product I love. This is Blue Collar Beardsman Beard Oil. I use it to keep my mustache all nice and soft, and, you know, it, it keeps it in good health, like using conditioner for your hair. I mean, it's a great product. It helps keep your, you know, facial hair in good order, keeps it soft, keeps it supple. I know there's, I used to think, oh, it's a dirty hipster stuff because only dirty hipsters would dare use oil to make their beards all, you know, smelly in a good way. But then once I started using this, you now my favorite my favorite scent is this one over here on the far left, the Smoke Break, which smells like uh, Cuban leaf tobacco. Absolutely amazing. Uh, today I've been using the Rise and Grind, which is the second from the right as you're looking at the little picture on the screen. It is absolutely awesome. I love it, and. This is a product that was handcrafted for over two years to get the perfect balance of oils. So you don't just have something where, you know, it makes your beard all oily. It doesn't carry the scent very well. It doesn't actually condition the hair. This is a blend of I think seven different oils, and like I said, it does an amazing job. It hydrates the hair. It keeps it soft, supple. Uh, there's a rice bran oil in there, which, you know, talking to the owners, he did his research. Apparently, if you're trying to grow your beard out, it helps because apparently it has a Rogaine like effect. Now I am not going to vouch for that. I'm not going to say that, you know, it is like Rogaine. So if you're bald, putting on your head might not do any good, but this is just the research he's done and what it said. So please check out bluecollarbeardsman.com or follow them on Twitter at BC underscore Beardsman, or follow them on Facebook at Blue Collar Beardsman, and get yourself hardworking beard oil that works as hard as you do. All right, so getting into this week's shenanigans. Second Amendment. We, as conservatives, believe the Second Amendment is one of those 100% unalienable rights. While not enumerated in the Declaration of Independence, it was specifically enumerated in the Bill of Rights. There's a reason for that. We had just fought a war. One of the first big events of that war, before it was actually declared, was the British troops marching from Boston to Concord to the armory to seize the guns and the powder. That is why we have a Second Amendment, because if a government gets so tyrannical that it will come after its citizens' arms, what they use to defend themselves against attack at home, what they use to protect themselves from attack while away from home, while they, you know, what they use to hunt game with, whatever the case may be, the government coming for your guns is a huge, huge issue. Now, I, I, I understand that there are people who think that we shouldn't have guns, Kim says the 2A is keeping the U.S. government from putting its citizens into re-education camps. Yeah, absolutely. Imagine if you know the Japanese Americans during World War II, imagine if they had, those of them who had guns, pointing them at those uh, federal officials and said, I ain't going nowhere. And that not just one or two, I mean all of them. How would George Takei be simping for the same government that put him in a camp if all the Japanese Americans at that time had banded together with their arms and said, uh, no, We're, we don't support feudal M- Empire Japan across the ocean. We are American citizens, but you ain't doing this to us. I think things would have turned out different, and I know this is a a crazy week for doing this because uh, uh, this is the anniversary of Waco, and you know that was a situation where there was no winners, only losers. There were bad actors on the side of the Branch Davidians. There were bad actors on the side of the U.S. government with the FBI and the ATF, and too damn many. People, especially innocent women and children, who were not taking up arms. They were not belligerents in the ordeal. Too many of them died. If one of them had died as a result, it would have been too many. But I digress. One of the big things going on right now is, uh, I talked about this a couple weeks ago, the ATF wanting to ban pistol braces for AR pistols. For those of you who do not know what an a, what a pistol brace is, it is a short attachment that goes onto the buffer assembly for the AR pistol, and it is used to kind of lock onto around the forearm to provide stability to the weapon. Now, there are some that they get a little cheeky with it and maybe they're a little bit longer. So now you can take your AR pistol and you could shoulder it like you would a full size AR, but it's still a pistol brace. And then now, now you're using it as a short barreled rifle without having an actual, you know, full size stock on it. Well, first I have to go, to one of the great geniuses from the state of Texas, representing Houston, the one, the only, Sheila Jackson Lee. This is from Thursday, when the uh, ATF was testifying on this rule about the pistol braces before Congress. Representative Sheila Jackson Lee praised the bureau of alcohol tobacco firearms and explosives for changing the rule that allows citizens to have a stabilizing brace on an AR, on AR and other some more types of pistols without having to register it, without having to register it as a short barreled rifle because according to her pistol braces turn guns into quote killing machines end quote right Yeah, keep in mind, Sheila Jackson Lee had no clue what a pistol brace was or what a stabilizing brace was until the ATF told her, yeah, it turns these into short-barreled rifles and makes them illegal. Jackson Lee made her comments during Thursday's House hearing about the ATF's decision to go after gun owners, who could be felons if they don't register their AR pistols or get rid of their stabilizing braces, which have been legal for over 10 years. House Republicans note the stabilizing Stabilizing braces were first invented to allow wounded service members to be able to shoot firearms normally after life-altering injuries. Quote, I commend the ATF for identifying a problem and providing guidance to prevent the harm created by the misuse of stabilizing braces, which convert everyday firearms into killing machines. End quote. As from Sheila Jackson Lee. Again, any firearm is a killing machine. It does not matter if it is a very simple Derringer. It doesn't matter if it's a .22 caliber zip gun. It doesn't matter if it is Big Mama D, the M2 Browning 50 caliber heavy machine gun. They are all killing machines regardless of what your intent of having a firearm is for, it is designed to end a life, whether it is a deer, whether it is a wild pig, whether it is a bear and you like to go hiking in the Rockies during bear eat hiker season. They're designed to kill. That's the whole point of them. Now, yeah, there is a huge issue when crazy person gets a hold of the machine designed to kill people and does just that. Whether it is, you know, an interpersonal homicide, like uh the school shooting that occurred in Dallas or not Dallas. Well, there was one in Arlington, but there's one in Denver. The one in Denver, this horrible, horrible school shooting after the Denver School Board chose to remove school resource officers from their school system because uh, they, have the, uh, they have the inherent racism, the 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 violence in the system. They're there to perpetuate this the school to prison pipeline. Okay. Well, because they removed the inherently racist school resource officers from Denver area schools, this is going to come as a shocker. A student who was black, who would have been a victim of this horrible school-to-prison pipeline, he was expelled from the school. Now, call me crazy, but if you had school resource officers at the school, maybe stationed out in front or at the main entrance, they could have stopped this young man before walking in and finding two administrators and shooting them. Pardon the pun, but Denver schools shot themselves in the foot with their own rules. Anyways, back to the uh, to the windbag out of Texas. Not only did Jackson Lee admit ARs are everyday firearms in common use, but adding a stabilizing brace on an AR pistol does change how it fires to the point where it's a killing machine. Any type of firearm has the ability to kill, regardless if it, they have a brace or not. Having a gun to defend oneself against those who might do you harm is the kind is kind of the whole point of a firearm. And it goes through a bunch of tweets from responding to the author tweeting out the video of her dumbness. It just goes on and on. Again, the whole idea that one addition to a weapon makes it suddenly more dangerous than another. Uh, right now, in Texas, they're having a federal lawsuit over uh, silencers. Now, the silencer does not make a weapon inherently more dangerous. Now, a lot of people who know everything there is to know about silencers, they learned from a movie. You put that little metal tube on the end of the barrel... And then it doesn't matter what caliber weapon it is. You put that on there and suddenly every shot is. Or Or maybe like the old James Bond sound effect. Pew, pew. No. Does it reduce the sound of the report? Yes. Does it collect and redirect the exhaust? from the muzzle flash so that way it does make the weapon harder to see and the shooter's location harder to identify? Yes, it does. But does it become more deadly because it has a weapon that actually reduces the muzzle velocity or because it has an attachment that reduces the muzzle velocity of the round leaving it? No. It does not now. Don't me wrong. If you have uh, a 22 long rifle and you're shooting subsonic bullets, bullets that do not go fa- that do not break the sound barrier, they are practically silent. Uh, 300 blackout. You can run subsonic rounds through those with the silencer. I'm excuse, excuse me. I keep using silencer, a suppressor, and the suppressor will make them to where really the only thing you're hearing is the bolt cycling. But this is not not common with all types and loads for rounds being fired through any type of weapon that's taking a suppressor. Uh, Texas is arguing that their law that if a suppressor is built in Texas, sold in Texas, and stays in Texas, <clears throat> then it's not affecting interstate commerce, and therefore the interstate commerce clause is rendered void. Now, the federal government's going to come back with the argument I brought up last week about the 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 wheat farmer in ohio who just you know if it could affect interstate commerce well i mean where's the metal for building these stabilizers coming from is it's coming from out of state oh so interstate commerce is used to build these these suppressors so therefore yes we can regulate it now i still don't know how this one is all going to go it's still up in the air. But there's so many cases that are being fought in federal court, especially with Texas right now. <clears throat> Pardon me. Uh, right now, the one of the many rules that the ATF is trying to crack down on, it has to do with uh, frames or receivers arguing that if a company that produces the, the receivers. You, know, you have the lower receiver for an AR-15. That lower receiver has to be serialized. Okay, cool. You actually have to go through a NICS background check to buy a lower receiver. I don't know why, but hey, that's their stupid rule. But if you buy a barrel and a bolt assembly, and the gas tubes or the pistons, however your system runs, those are perfectly fine. However, if you're making this equipment, you know, these 80% receivers, where you still have to buy a jig and a drill press, (coughs) pardon me, and you have to finish out, you know, drilling all the holes, and then doing the final assembly, putting the triggers in, all the small piece mechanics. If the company that is making the receiver is also providing the tools to finish it, the instructions on how to finish it, as well as the small bits and pieces that make it a functional platform, they're violating the, the, the Gun Control Act. Well, in the 8th was it not the 8th circuit the the Federal Court of North Texas this whole article didn't print but the the judge handling that lawsuit issued an injunction saying no you you cannot do this and the ATF actually argued, your honor, we would never do that. That's not been the point of all of this. We're just trying to stop unscrupulous dealers. Well, to a federal government that thinks every registered gun dealer, every FFL holder, to all of to them all those guys are illegal gun dealers and should be shut down well leave it to the ATF after an injunction saying no you're not going to do that by a federal judge they issued a public safety, something or other public safety advisory and it gets amazing. Now this is actually from HS today. That would be Homeland security today. So you can tell whose side they fall on because you know, federal government reporting on the federal government to the benefit of the federal government. Advisory makes clear that investigation of willful efforts to violate federal laws regulating manufacture sale firearms, frames, and receivers is an ATF priority. The Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, and Firearms and Explosives issued a public safety advisory to the firearms industry and the public regarding the application of Final Rule 2021-05F. Definition of Frame or Receiver and Identification of Firearms. The advisory highlights the public safety threats addressed by the final trade rule and makes clear the ATF will continue to prioritize prioritize investigations involving willful efforts to violate the provisions of the Gun Control Act, as implemented in the final rule, regulating the manufacture and sale of firearm frames and receivers. Quote, People who engage in the business of dealing firearms are subject to the Gun Control Act. End quote, said ATF director Steven Dettelbach. That means they need to run background checks and sell guns with serial numbers. That is what the ghost gun rule is about. Today's advisory is simple. If you're dealing firearms, which include items that can be readily converted into a working firearm, the ATF is going to make sure that you are following the same laws as everyone else. Again, they've had these same rules that's allowed this, the building of these, you know, ghost guns for years. There has never been a law that says you cannot build your own firearm to the point where it's never been against the law to sell unfinished receivers for the express purpose of building your own firearm. So now they're wanting to change that to be able to make more and more criminals out of regular law-abiding Americans. In April 2022, the Department of Justice announced the frame or receiver final rule that modernizes the definition of a firearm. The final rule, which went into effect in August 2022, clarifies that when a partially complete frame or receiver, including one in a parts kit, is readily convertible to a firearm they are subject to the same regulations as a firearm made by a federal firearms licensed manufacturer therefore those who are engaged in selling these items and kits must be licensed to sell firearms pursuant to the gca and comply with all of gca's requirements including serialization and running background checks which again these partial frames have already been serialized for a few years but they're just adding redundancy to trap more people and nine times out of ten if you are buying from buying a partial frame from somebody they they are already an FFL, licensed dealer who is going to run a freaking background check. De-de-de. ATF will consider all items made available by the seller, including marketing materials, applying the factors described in the final rules regulatory text. Ah, uh, in determining whether a partially complete frame or receiver, whether sold individually or in a kit is a firearm, ATF will consider all the blah 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 blah. Some suppliers of partially complete frames or receivers appear to be attempting to willfully circumvent the rule by one, selling parts from the type of firearm parts kit covered by the final rule in separate transactions. Or two, coordinating with other distributors to sell, market, or make available individual parts that when put together create a frame or receiver. Again, <coughs> this is baloney. If you, some people, they don't have the money to buy the entire kit. So they will buy the frame. Then once the frame is done, they save up their money and then they buy the trigger group. Then they buy the other springs and whatnot that goes into making the lower receiver a functional lower receiver. Mm, Pardon me. So now you're going to go after brownells you're going to go after all of these major sites that that deal in you know wholesale and re- and retail of frames and receiver parts because they have customers who can't buy it all at once or because they say, hey, we don't have this in stock, but you can go over here to this guy and buy it. You're going to put those guys in jail because they're doing business? And they're not even doing illegal business. It's a community, and they're making sure the community is prospering by working with each other and partnering to be a better well-informed, well-taken-care-of group of sellers and merchants who are just looking to supply legal goods to their customers. When considering it, whether an individual or entity selling partially complete firearms or receivers is engaged in activities that require an FFL, The AGF will consider the seller's marketing conduct and materials. This may include the seller providing information on how a partially complete frame or receiver may readily be converted to a firearm. Basically, do they have the directions on their website? Do they have a book on how to convert frames into complete receivers that are available for purchase? Serving essentially as Instructions or guide may also include internet links to templates, jigs, molds, equipment, tools, or other materials that enable re- ready completion or assembly of the unfinished frame or receiver into a firearm. This is because such materials may affect how readily the part may be converted. When a supplier, in such a circumstance, fails to comply with the GCA's requirements, that may constitute a willful violation of the GCA. ATF considers such conduct and all willful violations of the GCA and in investigative priority. ATF recognizes that most suppliers and the public follow the GCA in, and its implementing regulations, including the frame or receiver final rule. <clears throat> Pardon me. This advisory is intended to assist the firearms industry and public by providing additional information regarding the ATF's investigative priorities related to violations of the GCA implemented by the final rule. They really don't care. Uh, Kim says she doesn't think the federal government should know who owns what. Amen and hallelujah, sister. There, There's no reason for the federal government to know what's in my gun safe around the corner. They shouldn't know. They shouldn't have to know if I bought a receiver with the intent of drilling out the holes and putting in the trigger group and everything else that makes it a functional receiver. They shouldn't know that my gun store down the road is selling me this stuff. And the thing is, you know, we talk about, you know, we we don't want a national registry. Guess what? There is a national registry. (coughs) We know that because you have to do this thing when you buy a firearm from a store called a NICS background check. That's when, while you're filling out the the ATF paperwork, they take your driver's license and they run it through the system to see if you have a criminal background that prohibits you from being able to purchase or possess a firearm. And then on your ATF paperwork... Guess what? They write the caliber, the model, the make, and the serial number of the weapon or weapons, if you're buying multiple, that you are purchasing at that time. And then it gets submitted to the ATF. And then it's kept, it is kept on hand. That way, if the ATF comes in, they can go, and go, we need to audit your records. And then they pull those out and they go through. They look at every little jot and tittle on that paperwork to make sure it's in order. And they're getting to the point now where if you have even a single slight error, you put a dash where there should have been a slash, whatever. You say someone lives on Avenue when they live on a street or a boulevard. You know, the customer made the mistake, not the... Not the dealer, the customer. And then suddenly, ooh, yeah, we are not renewing your FFL. You have to stop selling guns immediately. The ATF does not give a rat's furry hind end about your rights as an American citizen. They only care about their authority as a federal entity. Alright, getting back in the swing of things, uh, before I start asking questions about the the really crazy Donald Trump supporters and the cartoon dog people on the interwebs, let me tell you about coffee. Yes, coffee, the greatest beverage known to man. Aside from the Aquavita that I happen to be drinking. Uh, what started off as a wholesome? nondescript cherry-looking fruit on the plains and mountains of Ethiopia where a goat herder happened to find his goats noshing on some berries and then jumping around all crazy-like, which he decided to dry some beans, let them ferment in the sun for a little bit, mash them up into a paste, turn it into a soup and drink it, and he himself was also bouncing around all nimbly-bimbly. It's gone from this... To an amazing multi billion dollar industry. Well, you know what? As much as I love the big guys, much like beard oil, and not going out for these big companies that don't care if they make a good product, coffee, you should look at the same way. That's why I go with American Pride Roasters. With American Pride Roasters, you have a small time producer who orders the beans that he knows he wants from the locations where he knows he his consumers want them from. He develops blends that have very distinct and robust flavor. And then he markets them to conservative, God-fearing. Well, maybe not God-fearing could be an atheist who fears nothing after death, but I don't know. That's on you, but he markets them to Americans who have a sense of patriotism and love our history, which is why at American Pride Roasters you find so many flavors of coffee named after American patriots. Whether it is the Thomas Paine, the Common Sense or the Age of Reason blends. I like the Age of Reason. Lots of caffeine. Or you have the Hamilton Burr, the the. Blueberry Donut Hole, you, the Dolly Madison blend. they are so many great flavors, and they represent a huge spectrum of American history. And these are made again by Dave Matthews out of a, out of. Well, it used to be out of his home in Iowa till yeah the tornado hit it, but he's still working on these, making the best flavors of coffee and providing them to everybody for a low low price you know 20 bucks a pound for custom roasted custom ground coffee or whole bean pardon me is so good check them out today see what flavors they have that pique your interest it could be You want to try one of the last remaining batches of the George Washington Crossing the Delaware. Maybe you want the Ronald Reagan A Time for Choosing blend. Or maybe you're a huge fan of Mojo 5.0 or The Blaze and you want to try out Doc's Bacon Blast or maybe uh, the Doc Thompson on the Roof. Either way, these are amazing blends of coffee. Check them out today. Go to America Pride Roasters, and when you submit your order in the special instructions, tell them you heard about them from the Tyler Morgan Show. Again, American Pride Roasters, aprcoffee.com. Historically great coffee. All right, so with 2024 right around the corner, presidential election season that will truly. Kick off next February with the Iowa caucuses. The Republican primary is already stupid. With Donald Trump announcing his run, all of the crazy Cheeto Jesus cult members are out in full force. I know I supported Trump during his presidency. But in 2015 and 2016, during the primaries, when he first announced, I was not a Donald Trump guy. I thought he was going to be this fascist, dictatorial, authoritarian fool. And he surprised me up until 2020 when the pandemic hit, and he basically handed the presidency over to unelected bureaucrats to you know, run the country. Not a good move, Donnie. Not a good move. However, the, the real problem this time around now I'm seeing is not necessarily from Donald Trump himself. Granted, he wants to separate himself from guys like Ron DeSantis from <clears throat> Mike Pompeo from Nikki Haley, Vivek Ramaswamy, the other candidates. However, it's the Trump supporters, not just the, yeah, if Trump wins, I'll vote for him or Trump wins the primary. I'll vote for him. It's the Ron death. Look, he had Jeb Bush at his inauguration. Evil. He takes Koch brothers money. He's George W or he's George Bush, the third. And they start coming up with all this crap. It is ridiculous. Now I will vote for whoever wins the primary. That's as simple as that. Because if Donald Trump can replicate what he did in his first three years, should he get reelected to office, he can do a lot of good stuff. However, if he goes in there and he allows policies that he's trying to implement, granted, they'll be through executive order and not Congress, so the next guy can just undo anything Donald Trump does. He goes in there. And he gets rolled by the bureaucrats. Now, maybe he goes, okay, you bureaucrats don't want to implement what I want to do. You're gone. Kind of like what he did with the interim attorney general when he first took over. He issued a he issued an executive order, presidential guidance on X, Y, and Z. And she refused to implement it, so she got canned. However, he didn't do that enough. Granted, with someone like Christopher Ray, when Christopher Ray just started using the FBI to go after Donald Trump, if he fired Ray, which was still one hundred percent within his prerogative as an Presidential appointee. He serves at the pleasure of the president. Had he fired Ray, he would have been viewed as, ah, oh, that's right, that's uh that's an illegal reprisal. He fired him because he's going after Donald Trump. Which, that really sucks that he kind of got himself backed into that corner. When... General Mattis, of course, retired. When Jim Mattis refused to implement uh, Donald Trump's military policies as far as uh, transgender members of the service, he didn't fire him. I'm sorry, if you're the president of the United States, you are the commander-in-chief of the military. And you give a subordinate, especially a subordinate who understands chain of command, because he's been there. You give him a direct order, say, this is my guidance. And he tells you, no, I'm not doing that. You do not go, oh, well, okay, we can work around it. You say, all right, general. If you told a colonel, here's my guidance, accomplish the mission, and that colonel told you no, how quickly would that colonel be turning in retirement paperwork for failing to implement the commander's intent? Let him think on it for a second and say, I, demand, I'm, I am demanding your resignation immediately, and you can go quietly into the night. Or, if I don't have it by 9 a.m. tomorrow, I'm holding a press conference and I am publicly firing your ass. That is what should have happened to Jim Mattis. Unfortunately, though, at some point in our history, we allowed federal workers to unionize. And it's really hard to fire, even with cause. Government employees, because of the unions. My next door neighbor, he ran he as a civilian. He ran the uh, transportation school on Fort Leonard Wood, teaching uh, young young soldiers how to be truckers. He had a secretary. She'd been written up numerous times, and he finally said, "You know what." You're done. You're fired. She went to the union rep. And the union rep said, basically, you know, brought to arbitration and said, and the judge over the arbitration said, well, I understand you've written her up about 500 times, and you have a paper trail showing that she doesn't want to do her job. But, Tell you what, we're going to give her a clean slate and she can start from scratch. You cannot fire her. All right. Is it oh, and by the way, if she makes a mistake that or chooses not to do something that you know you've given her a direct order to do, you cannot reprimand her unless she has a union representative with her. Here's how he handled the situation. He went back to the went back to the school headquarters. Got some orderlies. Picked up a desk, moved it to the very back of the office away from everyone. And he told her, "All right. That's your new work area. That's where you will be every day." And, oh, and he made sure he told her this in front of a union rep. So that way the, she couldn't go to the union rep and say this was a reprisal. And she just looked at the union rep and he's like, he's not, he's not doing anything illegal. He's just moving your work area. Sorry. And he did not have a word. He, and he got some, uh, some green suit private who worked in the battalion headquarters to be his secretary. Didn't have to worry about her because, again, the unions made it difficult for him to be able to do his job. We had the same problem when Donald Trump fired the head of a VA hospital who had a seemed to have a really bad track record of cleanliness and veterans dying in his hospital, waiting in hallways for rooms. Trump rightfully fired him. The union sued and got this clown his job back. That is, that is something that needs to be dealt with. Dis, disband it. Period. Make, make the federal government a right-to-work government. Yeah, you can have your unions who can collective bargain for benefits and wages. However, if you completely screw up and do something worth getting fired for, bye bye. But the the whole hate that we get at just just for even just questioning Donald Trump, questioning why he's doing this. It is ridiculous. Uh, Kurt Schlichter, he had, had an interaction on Twitter where in the same thread, he criticized Trump and he praised Trump. But the people, as soon as they saw him criticize Trump, they ignore the part of the thread or if they just kept going, they would have seen, you know, a praise for Donald Trump doing the right thing, as Kurt saw it. And they immediately, ah, you do, Trump deranged, said, no. There's no reason why, as a citizen, you cannot say, yeah, Donald Trump did good on these areas, but he could have been better on this, or he totally screwed the pooch on that, or... He totally effed that up. That is not a Trump derangement syndrome. That is not <clears throat> being all in for Ron DeSantis. And why they hate Ron DeSantis, I, I don't know. They, they love to point it. Well, Ron DeSantis closed everything down. Yeah, and then Ron DeSantis also got berated by Donald Trump for opening things back up earlier than Donald Trump wanted him to. He did the same thing to Brian Kemp in Georgia. Do we not remember this during COVID? Or are we so blinded by the Biden COVID failures that all we can do is sit and piss and moan about other people ignoring Donald Trump? The same people who are all about the Cheeto Jesus religion and going after Ron DeSantis, they're actually quoting Rebecca Adams, who was fired from her job as a data entry person for unlawfully hacking into and accessing the Florida government dashboard about COVID-19 illnesses, infections, deaths, and all that. And manipulating the numbers to make it look worse than what they were, they're quoting her, a proven freaking liar. That's where we're at with the the crazy Trump people. I don't know. I don't know what to do with it. Uh, Kim points out all of this is just a clown show. Yes, and it's going to be a circus from here until the RNC where they officially nominate whoever is going to be the Republican candidate. Now, the last topic of the night before I shut, shut down for the evening, the cartoon dog people on Twitter, they call themselves NAFO, the North Atlantic Fellas Organization. Uh, Adam Kinzinger, a guy who I love to kvetch about, has hashtag fella in his name, because he identifies with the cartoon dog people. Now they call themselves social media influencers who use use their powers of the interwebs to undermine the commie Russian Soviet bullcrap that's being spread online. But if they're really good at doing a topic search and jumping into your Twitter feed when you say, I think Zelensky's a criminal who should go to jail. No, wait, 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 wait. You want Russia to win? Like, I didn't say I want Russia to win. I said, I think Zelensky's a criminal. And they jump up and down and scream and they get all their other cartoon dog friends to join in on the madness. And this is something I've experienced a few times on the twatters. And really my big thing is to all these people, whenever they start jumping up and down, well, do you want Russia to win? Like, well, not really, but I also kind of want Zelensky to lose. And they tell me that, well, you're a veteran. You, you should be going over there fighting. To which I just like, it's not my war. I'm not Ukrainian. I'm not a first-generation American of Ukrainian descent, second, third, fourth, any generation, because none of my family is from Ukraine. And I'm not Russian, so I'm not going to be over there on Putin's side fighting to take over their country. What I want is just to stay out of World War freaking 3 because what we have happening right now is in the building of an axis of evil as... uh, I'll gun it. I said her name earlier. Running for president. Former governor of South Carolina. Nikki Haley. Oh my gosh, dude, my brain... They may need to apply more whiskey. You know, she calls it an axis of evil forming between Iran and Russia and China. Perhaps, perhaps so. But we're just starting to build and build and build to where eventually something bad will happen, either Ukraine will decide it wants to invade a country that's backed by Russia, or maybe Russia will attack NATO, or maybe we will actually be stupid and we've even though we've already sent tanks already sent Bradley's and we'll maybe we'll actually get stupid and send the f sixteens and when that does and Ukraine decides they're going to go on the offense and fly into Russian airspace and cross the border. And war kicks off that gets us drugged into it because they're American F-15s, F-16s. It ain't going to be pretty, and I don't want to go fight. I don't want my kids to go fight somebody else's war (coughs) because we just had to stick our noses where it didn't belong instead of having a giving ourselves an impression of strength and allowing us to just get manhandled leaving Afghanistan like we did and kowtowing to China and kowtowing to Putin under President Biden maybe if we'd done I don't know like the last guy Donald Trump and had had that twitchy eye. Oh crap, maybe he is going to pull push the button. Shoot, I don't know. Maybe China wouldn't be posturing to invade Taiwan. Maybe Iran would be a little less hesitant to get into an agreement with Russia or China. And maybe maybe just maybe since it didn't happen through the 4 years that his puppet was in office here in the White House, maybe we'd have a continuation of that status where Putin didn't invade Russia or Putin didn't invade Ukraine. I don't know. Just saying. For all the faults Donald Trump had, at least when he was in office, we didn't have the cartoon dog people making Twitter an even worse crap show than it already is. All right, that's going to wrap it up for tonight. Thank you for joining me, those of you who are live in the Twitch. I appreciate it greatly. Please, please share the Twitch link. Tell people about it. I know it's kind of late, especially if you're in the Midwest or the East Coast. But, hey, you can check it out. You can check it out. If you can't, I understand. Again, that's why there's YouTube, Rumble, and your favorite podcast. You can either watch it later or listen to it on your favorite podcast app. It's all good. I just ask you to do a few things for rumble and YouTube. Please be sure to mash that subscribe button, hit the bell. That way you get the, get the notifications. Ding, 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 all the sound effects, all the real YouTubers use. Uh, if you are, uh, listening to this on podcast, same four things I ask every week, please. Number one, hit the subscribe button Follow whatever your platform uses. After that, please rate the show. I'm looking for five stars. Looks up four, three, and below. We need to have a talk. Then, once you have rated it, please write a review. Say something nice. Say something meh. Be constructive if you think I could be better. However, if you get absolutely horrible and think you're insulting me with your one star review, Keep in mind, I will read it, and I will probably wear your one-star silliness as a badge of honor. Thank you so very much for listening, and as always, stay relentless. The Tyler Morgan Show is a relentless daring media production. The Tyler Morgan Show is supported by its listeners. To support the show, go to ko-fi.com slash Show to donate there. Or RelentlessDaring.com and hit the donate button at the top of the page to set up your donation. All music used in the Tyler Morgan Show is used with permission from PurplePlanet.com, link in the show notes. 2 Timothy 1-7